0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to 4116 West Smiley. I'm your host, Henry Tellis, and today we are chilling with Sherrod Martin. Hey. NFL veteran, father, husband, and a man of Milly talents. Mm, Renaissance so, man. Renaissance man. So what's up, Sherrod? How you doing, brother? Hey, man. What? Thank you for bringing me to this nice shop you got.
1: Well, you know, man, I appreciate you reaching out, showing love, keeping it in the family.
0: So where we at right now?
1: We're at Groom Studio in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, address 6035 Peachtree Road C109 Atlanta, Georgia Zip Code 30360
0: So that's what's up So everybody in the Atlanta area Anybody traveling to the Atlanta area Hey, you need a cut Or anything of that matter Hey, check out Sherrod While you're here So we just want to make sure We go ahead and put that in So Sherrod Tell me a little about yourself, man
1: Um Small-time country boy Born and raised in Griffin, Georgia Um Hey Great mom and daddy Great siblings Um Mm, man, just just a young man that had a, a lot of goals and a lot of ambition and okay. you know, just blessed.
0: So what's so unique about Griffin?
1: What's so unique about Griffin? Um well we probably like around top twenty as far as um cities that put out NFL athletes. Okay. Um, um, you know, we, we small but we mighty. Okay. Um, um it's not big, but I mean it's 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 just kind of one of them things that we're you come from somewhere and you take pride in it, mm-hmm. and you know it's we just stay locked in. Okay. You know it's it's a lot of lot of um, you know we got like a little rich tradition. It's a lot of things that are in the process of growing with the community getting involved, getting back in the community, things like that. The okay, so coming together.
0: So Griffin is a powerhouse when it comes to putting guys in the NFL.
1: Oh for sure, drafted, undrafted. By any means necessary.
0: So when you was coming up, what is one guy that you was looking up to and wanting to be like? Oh, that's
1: a strong statement. Uh, When you say be like, I go to the extent of like you really, really know them. Mm -hmm. When you say um, someone that's um, going where you want to be and you know that they went through the same atmosphere that you did, walked the same halls in the Mm -hmm. classrooms and in the school and things like that, um, Jesse Tugler is a big name. Okay. Uh, we have a, a Hall of Famer, Raphael Wright. Those are all older players. So Griffin has a Hall of Famer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a Hall of Famer. Those are older players, but then it was guys like Jonathan Sullivan. As uh, far as I know, he was the highest draft pick. He went first round, number oh. six pick. And, you know, oh, I seen. Oh, man, that's big, six. Yeah, and then I seen guys like Chris Clemens. You know, he's from the Clemens tree, his uncle, Charlie Clemens, from Griffin. He played mm-hmm. in the NFL. He made it to the NFL. He went undrafted and he did like, you know, 10 to 12 years. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was just different. When I was in the 12th grade, Chris, when Chris was in the 12th grade, I was in the ninth. Mm-hmm. Then you had guys like myself and Bobby Rainey. When I was in the 12th grade, Bobby Rainey was in the ninth grade. And mm-hmm. we grew up on the same side of town. I remember he was a mm-hmm. little kid and my last year in the NFL, um, I was in Chicago. He was in Temple, And he oh. also went to Western Kentucky. Okay. And we was at Troy, so, you know, it was... Someone you know, right right mean, at one point. Yeah, so yeah, that's unique, yeah, man.
0: So yeah. Griffin is that powerhouse when it comes to the NFL standpoint. So growing up, you always had guys that you always seen that you wanted to aspire to be like from an NFL standpoint. Tell me a little bit about your family structure. You know, tell me about your mom, your dad, and your siblings.
1: Uh, my dad was a disabled veteran. Um, okay. My mom was a, a business analyst. She worked in Atlanta um, from Griffin. That could have been anywhere. Her job was from... 45 five minutes to an hour and a half. My sister, my sister, graduated from um, Agnes Scott. She's involved involved in like pharmaceutical sales. Mm-hmm. And my brother served in the army, and he do so much. He's like a Renaissance man, also.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so where you find yourself? How many of y'all is it sibling wise?
1: Um, I have an older brother and older sister and another baby.
0: I never met your older brother. What's his name?
1: Corey Martin.
0: Corey Martin. You so said. I never met Corey before.
1: Um. I don't know. Corey just didn't never really, you know, travel, you know what I'm saying, okay. things like that. Um, but, you know, that's family. You know, like, my dynamic, you know, like, and Troy, you probably never met my dad. And yeah, if you I met your dad before. Okay, it would have been once. Yeah, one my time. My dad. So it's kind of like, my mama going to be everywhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my dad support, you know what I'm saying, but... He's supporting his own way. So mm-hmm. when you got a greater understanding of your people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and understanding mm-hmm. of who they are mm-hmm. and their comfort zone and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I don't question a lot of things. I'm able to allow them to support me from a way of comfort and yeah, sure. how they want to. So, so it's
0: interesting because, like I said, I never met Corey for all the years. Mm-hmm. I've always seen your sister before, I think, in a couple of games, but I've never seen your brother before, so it's mm-hmm. interesting. I
1: don't you... even know if my sister came to Troy. I think one time she may have came at your mom Okay, well, time. she may have been once, but I I, I don't think so. I think she... No. I never had a, a photo of my sister at a college game.
0: Oh, wow. That I know of. So are you the middle one or the youngest? I'm the youngest. Oh, you the youngest. So how far are your age range between you and Corey now?
1: Um, am like seven.
0: Oh, so that explains a lot then.
1: And my sister, we like five.
0: Okay, so that explains a lot then. So you the baby at the house then? Man,
1: I'm the baby
0: bit dog. So that's what's up, man. So you find yourself. What got you into athletics,
1: though? Uh, what got me into athletics? Um, I think it's... I mean, I think as a child, it's just something that you do mm-hmm. to kind of give a child an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's the time that you kind of get some kind of structure, or some kind of guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the first time you really kind of experience something tough and you kind mm-hmm. of push through. So I think, you know, it was just something that I naturally gravitated to that mm-hmm. I want to be a part of.
0: Okay. So when you think about it, you coming up from an athletic standpoint, you being a little guy, mm-hmm. how did that affect you at all? Because um, i seen some of your picks when you was younger, man And your past mm-hmm. were a lot bigger than you
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no Everybody was Like, I consider myself the runt You know what I'm saying um, My sister like 5'10, 5'11 My mama like 5'10, 5'11 My mm-hmm. dad like 6'3 My brother, he's like 6'3 You know what mm. I'm saying So like I always felt like I'm kind of like the runt mm-hmm. But as far as like Athletic-wise I mean, honestly I never really thought about it But I'm not I wasn't the best athlete where I come from you know what I'm mm. saying I wasn't the most talented I wasn't you know I I just kind of like you can say put in the effort I mm-hmm. wanted to be good I wanted to be great I want to uh, you know have those teammates that count on me you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying I want to be that guy that you want to be and not the guy that you like oh, all right we'll take him since mm-hmm. he's the last guy you know so like it was just that sense of pride of of like really like oh I want to hold it down
0: okay so where it comes from, though, because you admit that you want the best athlete and things of that matter, I mean, where does that come from then, the fact of the matter that you find yourself long-term, and like we'll get into, like, where you come, like, what was instilled in you to be that guy, even though you felt like you wasn't the talent, the most talented guy, and things of that matter?
1: Um, I think it was something, I think it's just a want to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like, it was just competing. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was falling in love with the process. Mm-hmm. When we was at Troy, it wasn't like, hey man, I'm doing all this like I want to go to the league. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't in the weight room each day like, okay, this is going to get mm-hmm. me tougher going to the league. No, I just I fell in love with the process. I enjoyed it. I I, I knew the end goal, but it was just something that like like you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. You 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 got to do this if you want it. This is what you got to do, but then again, too though, it was like It just on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. however you perceive me as the type of teammate and the Mm -hmm. type of person, like, to me, that was just me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to push that on you. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to project that on no one. I was just trying to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And when I looked up, it was able to be good enough. So what was your first position you played? My first position I played, I played running back and linebacker. I was nine years old. (laughs) I was nine years old. Um, um, my mother wouldn't let me play. We played. Uh, it was Mike Mike. That was like seven to eight. My mama wouldn't let me play then. So, nine years old, running back. My first two touches were to the house. I was like, oh, I'm nice. Right.
0: So, your first time touching the ball, you scored?
1: First two times I scored. And then after that, like, I ain't scored no more that season. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go that no I ain't scored that more that, that year. But, you know, um, I don't know, man. It was just – it was just – it was just so much in it, and I'll be truly honest with you. If, did I know I was gonna get to play in the NFL? Mm-hmm. No. If anybody else told you they know I was gonna play in the mm-hmm. NFL, they telling the story. Got you. Like it's, it was. I mean, it was. Look, it was God. Whatever He mm-hmm. had for me, it was mm-hmm. for me, and couldn't nobody mm-hmm. take away.
0: So let's go back to that play when you was nine year old. Do mm-hmm. you know? Can you call the play back in your head? Right? No, now? No, it was up the middle. I don't middle. know.
1: Like, let, like, let's just, <laughs> like, let just say, like, let's just say, like, back then, like, you know. I want to say Gaps were called, like, A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was up to good. Like, right side, A gap. That's
0: what's <laughs> up, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you can recall that play right down your head. You scored those two touchdowns. Hit my
1: head on the goal pole. Straight That's what's
0: up, man. So, how did that make you feel, though?
1: I think um, it felt good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, anything you do, and you put work in, and you put effort in, and then – you get the results that you want. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, that's a that's a great feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you begin to think about your process from nine years old scoring those first two touchdowns, you didn't mm-hmm. score more and more that season. No more that season. As you continue to go throughout your years of playing ball and things that matter, when did you really really start getting that vibe? Like, man, I really can be good at this.
1: Um, I never thought that I could really really be good at this. You I think real, I think the first moment that. Like something hit me It was like Oh if I'm going to get An opportunity to go to college It's going to mm-hmm. be through football That's when I started Taking football serious mm-hmm. I had this coach When I was in the ninth grade And um What's his name? Coach Wilcox. Okay Coach so <laughs> Coach Wilcox, You know Muscles Dip in his mouth mm-hmm. Spit And um Coach Quarles Rest in peace um, Was my basketball coach So when you play basketball You know you do summer basketball mm-hmm. You go You play games mm-hmm. You do things like that Coach Wilcox was like You're going to wish You was in this weight room you' gonna wish you been skilled. Like he got a, like a coaching job like somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like, and I was like, "Woo!" You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But because he
0: was hard on you, and by him leaving, you thought you was a little a little release for you. Things a little head off you.
1: But in reality, he would have had me strong as an ox. Like those things that I missed, mm-hmm. I know could have played a big difference in my career. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when it when I kind of hit like tenth grade. And I was like oh I need to get serious in this weight room Like by that time I'm, I'm behind mm-hmm. So a lot of my work ethic came from I'm behind I felt oh. like everybody Had the upper hand I wasn't too Big on creatine I wasn't too big On like taking anything And mm-hmm. I was like I was naturally Small and mm-hmm. then you know it just Got to the point and got in college Had surgeries and it mm-hmm. was like Once again I'm behind I'm starting From behind mm-hmm. the eight ball so my Work ethic ended up being overload Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm trying to catch up On all these years mm-hmm. That all the other guys mm-hmm. Had a head start on them.
0: So again When in high school though When did you really think You met your peak Or when you really got To that point like Man I got an opportunity To go to college Like what really changed Your whole mindset Because you really talk about Just being, being an underdog You yeah. know that you was well, I mean, Always behind And you was always an underdog You always had to feel like You had to work a little harder So I just want to get To the point of you Just encouraging others or knowing like When did that That light turn on That Maybe this could be an opportunity for me to go somewhere and use football as a as a alternate scenario of getting and into that place besides academics.
1: So when it came to basketball, I lost my jump shot. Like I used to be good <laughs> in basketball, right? And then I got to the point, I'm like, damn, my jump shot ain't falling like it used to. Okay. And I mean, I, Coach Devo, Coach me, Coach DeVorgeny, you know, he just said, look, if you're going to get a chance to go to school, I mean, he kind of told me like football. Mm -hmm. gonna be your route it don't mean that you don't you gotta stop playing basketball Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but it's just like look you might wanna like lock in and Mm -hmm. I guess like like I said man look you know my personality I'm all about fun Mm -hmm. I'm all about a good time Mm -hmm. right and then it in those things, right, okay, I can't be irresponsible. I got to take care of business. I mm-hmm. can't get in trouble. I got to be aware of my surroundings. And it has been some times that my surroundings could have got me in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I had to be aware of my surroundings and things like that. And it was just like, just lock in. So it's like, I knew if I wanted to go to school, I didn't care if it was D1, D2, D3, mm-hmm. DAA. And I wanted to go to school for free because I seen my sister, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. go to college and you know what I'm saying and I realized that oh you can go on student debt mm-hmm, you know what I'm sure. saying and I ain't you know college wasn't something that I was just too crazy crazy about mm-hmm. but then I also wasn't too crazy crazy about either that I'm like mm-hmm. I can put my mama in debt yeah, and myself totally in debt for did. going so yeah. I'm like look go to school for free Yeah. get a scholarship no matter where it was yeah, for
0: so sure.
1: when I was coming out I had Western Carolina and I had Memphis
0: so who was your first offer as they would say in today's world
1: um, Memphis t- took me on a visit, Western Carolina took me on a visit. So, Memphis and Western Carolina, facts. Memphis brought me and my cousin up there. I was a safety, we, we built just the like same height, six, two. We used to probably like about 175, mm-hmm. 170. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, uh, he was more of a track guy. Um, they offer. they offered, we, we felt like if they offered us, we both was like, we're gonna go to Memphis. The DB coach. At the time, don't remember his name. He was like, "Look, we are gonna come to your high school basketball game, mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk to your parents after the game. Mm-hmm. Seeing them at the game after the game, he was gone. I don't know if I had a bad basketball game oh, wow. or what. To this day, I don't know what happened. So, at the moment, I don't So had-
0: Memphis come to your game. Boom. Supposed to talk to your parents they after game. They was gone. We didn't even
1: see him. When he seen, them. I seen him at the game, but didn't talk. And then I only had um, Western Carolina. Western so, Carolina. Western Carolina was there, so I'm like, should I look like, you know, Mm -hmm. if I only got one, that's all I need. I don't Mm -hmm. need one to like. Then I kind of feel like Troy came through at the last minute. got to take a visit.
0: Why do you think Troy came in the last minute, though?
1: First of all, who recruited you from Troy? Coach (laughs) Die. And I think he ended up leaving when I got there. You know what I'm saying? Coach Die. Um and then um uh, when I came Dang,
0: Coach died, man
1: when I came in on my visit, the first person I seen was like Coach Logo. Coach Logo was at another college. I went to a full contact camp at Adnan Scott when I was in the tenth grade. Mm-hmm. And and I think I got like the defensive award and it was a, a guy from Alabama, from Northasoga. I don't know his name, but he was nice. He had quick feet, mm-hmm. everything. Um he got the offensive award and i just remember him and it was another coach They was like we're gonna see you again
0: wow and like so you was in 10th grade and coach logo
1: said that to you yeah that was like we're gonna see you again that's how i felt like when i was having like a dual conversation in oh, my wow. mind when i played in my mind it was like we're gonna see you again and you know coach logo don't nobody look like coach logo nobody. Like, nobody. Like, <laughs> like, like personality like everything so you know when i when I went on that visit, I seen them, and you know that was that was dope. That was dope to see some stuff come to fruition or whatever. Yeah. But to make that decision, both of them were. So you had to choose between Troy and Western Carolina. Western Carolina. Wow. Looking at schedules, both of them playing D1 up and coming season. Um, Western Carolina was gonna be playing Alabama. You know, I looked at the the talent that they mm-hmm. was going up against. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, both of them was about the same amount of distance from home even though I wasn't really worrying about like just staying home like Mm -hmm. that one was up in the mountains and then I knew about Troy because my college my high school used to go to Troy they used to kind of do like a camp or something so Mm -hmm. I knew Troy was hot Mm -hmm. I was familiar with Troy um, a little bit it was Troy State then and um, and it's crazy when it came down to the decision I think Western Carolina was up in the mountain when I replayed in my head Western mm-hmm. Carolina was up in the mountain they had like home restaurants like oh, local wow. spots Troy
0: had at least some McDonald's yeah that's true I said I'm well, going to very Troy true. <laughs> yeah, very true I totally understand that aspect of that so what are some things that uniquely made you not only from the standpoint of you know West Carolina being in the mountains and Troy you know having more fast food rest things what really draws you to Troy what really puts you in a position like man this is a place that I want to spend my next 4 or 5 years at
1: um. What class were
0: you again? Two thousand.
1: Well, I graduated, so it's like I graduated in 03 but I came in 04 because I got to do spring ball, so mm. I came in the spring. I did not know that. I yeah. think I
0: knew that, but I forgot all about that. Yeah,
1: I came in the spring. Um. What was it like? I mean, like I say, man, like when you think from an athletic point of view, you know, every every school got a vision. Mm-hmm. Right. Every school got a mission. And when I looked at Troy, right, I wanted the opportunity, you know, I wanted the opportunity to go to we're gonna call it a bitch school. As mm-hmm. you get older you start realizing lingo. They might say Power Five.
0: Yeah. SEC, that's true. Right?
1: You start so in my mind growing up, you like you wanna go to a bitch school. Mm-hmm. Right. You seen guys go to U G A, old men. So like you just seen mm-hmm. it. And in my mind, you know, they always taught you look, if you got talent they'll find
0: you. Oh, for sure.
1: But at the same time, you still wanted them offer from them school and if you couldn't get those offer from them schools and if you ever took anything personal one thing about when you take something personal mm-hmm. you want some get back mm-hmm, or sure. you just want to crack at it yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so knowing that Troy bumping up D1 mm-hmm. knowing they about to be in the conference
0: cuz that was that would have been like a third year division 1 I'm thinking mm-hmm. but I was class, we, we I was class wasn't in a division then but you knew that they was oh, we was independent still. yes oh, yes cuz that was
1: 2003 that. I graduated 03 so you know what I'm saying during that time y'all was playing Mississippi State because Ray Reed was there that year. Yeah. Y'all was playing Mississippi State. Y'all was doing these things, but y'all haven't declared in a in a conference yet. So we were still independent all those years. And when I came in '04 to play with you and Demarcus Ware now, mm-hmm. that was the first year of the Sun Belt, oh, which we went to you. a bowl game. Got you. The now, very got first year of Silicon Valley. I
0: got you now. Okay.
1: That's my understanding. Okay. You know, I break stuff down, you know, I thinking yeah, in my go. head
0: because I, I was thinking in my head like dang I didn't know we were independent those that many years. Dang, that is true. Okay.
1: That's good. That's good. I'm speaking some truth now. Yeah, ain't <laughs> no wrong with that. So
0: you end up at Troy, mm-hmm. uniquely there. Mm-hmm. What are some things that caught your attention when you first got there? Some things that were like, Dang man, or what was some things that was exciting or some things like, Man, I didn't know it was gonna be this way.
1: So I always, I always tell this story. um um I had my guy Marcus, Marcus Richardson, okay. my boy Taterhead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the first time we had the old weight room before the new one was built, oh, the small weight room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come in and we're working out, and uh, Taterhead standing over me. He like, "Come on, we bench I'm mm-hmm. weak. Now I told you I'm behind. I'm weak." For sure. <laughs> Taterhead like, "Bro, come on, bro. You mm-hmm. in college now? Like, mm-hmm. I think I had like." Two months ago, and you know what I'm saying? I got that look like, man, get this off me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And uh, kind of find out, I'm like, bro, you acting like a super senior. You're a, <laughs> you're a freshman <laughs> just like me. So, like, I think, like, like that was one of the moments that it was like, I didn't have any expectations, mm-hmm. but it was just like following over the process, right? Mm-hmm. Each time you go to a new team, each time you're months, new peers, you want to earn their respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You want you, – I want you to to get ready to go to battle and you like that's mm-hmm. the dude I want. Like mm-hmm. like that ain't coach instead oh, of sure. y'all can't find nobody else. Mm-hmm. Like you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Like sure. I'm doing my job and mm-hmm. I gotta do his job too. Mm-hmm. But just like just trying to be accountable, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Not at times you think like not trying to do too much, you're just trying to play ball. Mm-hmm. You just trying to do you. Bring okay. bring who you are to the game. And I think like like I said, in college, like I just fell in love with the process. Right. It wasn't no ego thing. I wasn't mm-hmm. worrying about oh you Coach, I'm starting. If mm-hmm. You tell me I'm starting. I'll come here. Like it wasn't none of that.
0: Everything is earned. Never get. So even in the process, you saying you got to college, you were still trying to find your way there, or you were just going with the flow with everything.
1: I'm just going the flow. I'm doing me. I'm I'm working hard. I'm putting in the work, mm-hmm. and I earn my strikes.
0: So what was the biggest weakness you think you had? Like what was something that you considered? We know that the process of your weight was always going to be an issue that you've already kind of said before, but and also strength. But yeah. what are some other things you like, man, I just had to get better at?
1: I mean, you start, you know, you you can never know too much. So mm-hmm. you have to be a student of the game. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, you want to know the defense. Mm-hmm. You want to know the strength of your defense. Mm-hmm. But you also want to know the weakness of your defense. True. And then come in, you want to know what the mm-hmm. offense want to do and how they can mm-hmm. attack you and where you're weak at. Mm-hmm. Right so overall knowledge of the game so learn you can the game. never so learn you know the what game. i'm saying just so what y'all did in high school the technique might be completely different when you get to college mm-hmm. and you can't be like no nah, this how i do things mm-hmm. right no open up learn that and add that tool mm-hmm. to your playbook
0: so what is the first game you played in
1: in college the first game i played in i don't know that one but i can tell you how my rookie, you, don't remember, you don't remember your first game i i I can tell you this.
0: My first game, Sherrod, was against Nebraska. I got in the fourth quarter. I rode the bench first through third. I sat down that side, and to the list of all of we got killed, though. But i never forget, <laughs> I was teed off. I got in, played the fourth quarter, and got limelighted of a game. Mm. And everybody was looking at me like, you get limelighted of a game? Because when I got in, I said, hey, man, y'all going to have me on this bitch. over to go ahead and kill everybody. I can't, mm. i never forget, I got lime mm. of the game that week. And I only played most of the fourth quarter because, you know, they put the scrubs in there in the the fourth quarter. So I, so my first game was against Nebraska.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I had a cowboy collar on that safety because <laughs> my neck was weak. My shoulder was weak. Um, I remember playing special teams.
0: And that's kind of weird, man, how over the years, your shoulder fasted there, yo,
1: and your whole chase from year to year. My shoulder still banged up to this day. Oh, Lord. But I can say this, right? I remember playing Arkansas.
0: Okay, that was a Ar- cold game. Hold
1: on, hold on, not Arkansas Razorbacks. Let me see. Oh, is Ar- it Arkansas State? Arkansas State. Boom. Okay. So I remember like, like mainly special teams. But from my freshman year, we lost that game. From my freshman year when I came in, I know I blocked the field goal that game.
0: That was a very close game for the, all the wrong I, reasons.
1: I, I blocked the field goal that game. So what I can tell you from my freshman year was. Each time coach put me out there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I capitalized on the
0: moments. So special teams was your big thing? That there. was
1: my first thing. Then I had one thing happen after another, mm-hmm. right? You start letting me get in on defense. Mm-hmm. If you look at my freshman stats, each game they went up. Tackles, solo tackles, mm-hmm. um, what you call it, each game they went up. So get where
0: where that encouragement comes from for that to happen?
1: Where's that encouragement come from?
0: Because mm-hmm. all you out here, most young guys say, man, I'm just on special team. that's it. And we'll talk about that later because I always consistently remind guys and I tell guys coming out now. They don't want to listen to me. I say, dude, if you're trying to use football long term to help you long term, mm-hmm. stay on special teams. But that's a whole other story we we'll talk about later. I
1: mean, you got to trust the process. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I told you I was, I'm was, I'm, I'm enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun. I'm mm-hmm. locked in. We're mm-hmm. going to battle. I'm, I'm zoning. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's something you got to talk to the coach about.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, for sure, because I'm just bringing that up because I tell a lot of guys, and we'll talk about the league aspect early, we can bring it up now if you want to. I tell guys, man, if you really want to stay in the NFL for a long time, mm-hmm. like for a long time and really don't care your body or beat yourself that much, mm-hmm. or even go back to this scenario, even making a roster it's very beneficial that you're on special team.
1: And at the end of the day, the more you can do, the better you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Baby, that's what I just want to
0: bring it up because so many guys, you know, once we get to that level, when we become that starter, we're like, man, I don't do special teams no more.
1: Well, you know, like, once again, right? The best ones can learn by not experiencing. So when I look at my guy, D.A., there Angeli, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I learned a lot from him. So, you know, um, um, and I knew that, you know, me being light and weight would be a situation. So. You know, what I tried to do was I tried to learn corner. I tried mm-hmm. to learn safety. You know what I'm saying? Coach Rob coming out of the shoulder surgeries, he let me play nickelback. And that full-time of nickelback mm-hmm. was able to show me in, a, in another frame. Mm-hmm. Now, something that I paid attention to was, okay, right, I ain't playing, like, really four games. Two of them, I ain't really played that much because I was full-time nickel. Mm-hmm. The other two... You know what I'm saying? I broke my backhand. So I was Damn. out two more games. And I had to play with a club after missing a full year of my And this my was this is
0: your freshman or something?
1: No, or no, year? no, 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 no. This was my junior year.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, I okay. remember that. I remember okay, that. my I junior that. year.
1: So what ends up happening is I end up coming back. I end up having like six forced fumbles, and the defensive stats changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in that sense, I think what helped me. Did you y'all change corners? Y'all had to ride the whole time you were there. I don't really remember my mind back. Probably Coach Rock freshman year. We Where's had
0: Vic? Coach Vic. Okay, yeah.
1: And then he left.
0: Okay. So when it comes to it, what really began to transition going into your junior year, senior year? You had a lot of injuries. More injuries than most people can ever think of having. Mm-hmm. When you think about the fact of that, that many injuries within a couple years, <laughs> man. Like, what was going through your head having all those injuries? That many injuries at that?
1: I mean, sure. Shake back. Come on, Charide, I'm already behind So I, I gotta do my therapy I gotta do my rehab I know Chuck Ash by first name but, but I, called but you, but Princess, I called Princess Diana uh, um, Another head trainer <laughs> All the trainers end up knowing me The training room end up being my second home The training room end up being my first home After the injuries The weight room end up being my so second home So that didn't home.
0: impact you at all from a mental standpoint Because you, you look at it from a standpoint now You look at how people have injuries now And how they look at them Compared to when we was coming up And how injuries were dealt with I always like to bring that up because how we was coming up when it dealt with injuries, we were totally looked down upon or you in the training room all the time, you know, that ain't good, blah, blah, blah. Compared to today's world, injuries are more kind of supported. Like, hey, man, heal on your own time, things of that matter. So I'm asking that question, like, how did that impact you from a mental health standpoint and just your know, thinking because when you are playing and you are in that situation where you're doing well, then you start having all these injuries that impacts you.
1: At the end of the day, I mean, you was taught to play hurt. You either can go or you can't go. True. Nobody played the game 100%. True. I think what I talked to a young man about the other day is, right now what kids have to understand is, yeah, you want to give yourself a chance to be healthy. You know how to – Push through them like that and still be injured. You can get yourself closer to 100%. At the end of the day, with everything that we talk about, as far as what school you choose, how mm-hmm. you're coming off an injury, whether you're hurt, or you can go or you can't, and any decision that's being made after that, you're trying to figure out in a situation when to be selfish mm-hmm. and when to be selfless. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that comes to the person, right? You mm-hmm. can see a lot of selfish people that you be like, they need to think about others. <laughs> but the ones that hit hardest to me, the lesson that I learned is. When you're selfless And you think about Others than yourself mm-hmm. it come a time When you need to be selfish mm-hmm. And that'll be The hardest decision For you to make Because mm-hmm. you'll feel guilty mm-hmm. For the reason Why you gotta make it
0: mm-hmm. So out of every injury You rebound after that You go into your Senior season How does that really Change things From a standpoint When it comes to you Like going into Your senior year
1: I mean sure For all the older guys That i seen You gotta stay healthy You gotta be able To pass <laughs> the physical When it gets to the next level mm-hmm. In order to go to the senior bowl I can't get hurt Okay. In order to go to the senior bowl, I gotta play corner. I can't play safety. So going from being an underdog to going into
0: your senior year, what vibes are you feeling about yourself? Like how how confident are you? Like
1: I'm still behind the eight ball. <laughs> like you don't know. Like you don't know. You're only good at your last game.
0: So how did you feel though, knowing into that going into your season knowing that you had all these opportunities ahead of you, which you never thought that you would probably have? I didn't know so you never thought that no i went out
1: the same thing that i had as a little kid i seen people mm-hmm. make it from where i'm from mm-hmm. either you get kicked out of school within two years for doing something dumb and mm-hmm. stupid or grades or you go to the league that was what it was where i'm from then nobody teach me that that was yeah. my own thought process yeah so in that process i made it past two years i didn't get kicked <laughs> out of my grades or doing something dumb true i got an opportunity to go to mm-hmm. the league mm-hmm. i ain't got no preseason this mm-hmm. you project the draft hit this mm-hmm. no
0: so how did all that come about then what you got yourself you got invited to the senior bowl which is a very big thing congratulations on mm-hmm. that because m- most people from troy i don't think i don't think i can remember in my head probably five guys that went to the senior bowl mm-hmm. over my years of, of being at troy during that time period anyway so congratulations on doing that when you got to that opportunity the season's over with did y'all go to a bowl game that year we did which one of y'all go to?
1: New Orleans Bowl. You know, Orleans, that was like second home. We stayed in New Orleans.
0: I can't stay in New Orleans. We, we stayed on Bourbon. For sure. For d- hey,
1: I brought my personality down there too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how, say that.
0: so how do you stay focused knowing that you're going to have this opportunity? Though, You know, you're successful in that aspect. Things are changing for you. You still rebounding. You're still trying to keep yourself healthy. You get an opportunity to play in the senior bowl. How did that practice go for you that week? That opportunity to compete against supposedly the best guys in the country?
1: It was the worst ever. But you know what Why you say it's the worst I was going into a new position That I had no experience in What position I had had? to play corner Oh That was the only way I could have got in I wasn't going to turn it down Oh I did not know that You know what My son came to me yesterday He went to his first football camp Mm -hmm. He said I was terrible I hate it But I told him Same thing that a scout told me Like look (laughs) It's not what everybody else do Mm -hmm. It's all about effort Effort you can't coach that I promise him, by Friday, mm-hmm. he's going to be a whole lot better than he was on Monday. And it's just a one-week count, and I haven't introduced him to football or mm-hmm. nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was at Senior bowl. When I was with them scouts and they was talking mm-hmm. to me, first thing he was like, we're not having to tell you the same thing twice. Oh, wow. So, therefore, I'm a quick learner. I am able to articulate what I'm learning in the classroom, on the football field, and then outside of that, it was like each day I was getting better. So, it was... It 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 was about how like I was responding to things and competing.
0: So you had this opportunity where you were in a whole new position and the biggest interview of your life. How do you do? How did see? I mean, how that week go for you? How the game go for you? I
1: got better each day. Got in the game, you. in the game, I held it down. I ain't give up no big plays. <laughs> I a fundamental sound.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, make my tackles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you after you leave senior bowl, where do you go? You up, get invited
1: up. to the combine.
0: So you go to the combine. How was that experience? Combine. Man, was, I First mean, of all, where you did your training at before you did the combine? Where you did your training i I stayed
1: at? in Atlanta. Uh, Tony Villani, SBE, when he was here. Then okay. he left. And then, you know, I started uh, getting down with my girl Lily, okay. training. Mm-hmm. Um But, um, I mean. Man,
0: time flies by. I remember those days you know, were doing facts, that?
1: Facts. But, you know, at the combine, it's, man, my coach, you know, he was – Coach Carl, rest in peace, he said you got to be lucky, humble, and disciplined. You know what I'm saying? What I took from the lucky, it was about timing. Mm-hmm. What I took from the humbleness, like, you just got to be humble. lot. in, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that humility. And, uh, look, um, and the discipline part, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's the process. Mm-hmm. You got to trust the process, the mm-hmm. things you're supposed to do, you know what I'm saying, to get there. And it worked out. If I get drafted a year earlier or a year later, I don't go to the same spot I got drafted
0: in. Oh, wow.
1: You know what I'm saying? So that's how much a difference can make.
0: Okay, so you find yourself going to the senior bowl, you find yourself going to, going the, combine. to the combine. So tell me how draft day go.
1: Sure, draft day, uh, back then they was doing first and second round. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm just like, I want to go first day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only thing my agent so told
0: me. What, so what was the projection, though? What did I don't your,
1: remember. I don't, you don't remember. remember at all? But let's just say, like, it was fourth or fifth. Okay. Only thing my agent told me, the more DBs come off the board, the better you are.
0: Oh, wow. Why?
1: Because if DBs get drafted late, then everybody that got rate right in front of me, everybody get pushed back.
0: Oh. The more
1: DBs they taking off the board, I get closer to getting picked. You very get closer true. to getting very picked. To get true. picked true. Me. True. True. I have met the people you got rated above me. Okay. So if they start taking linemen in the third round, and you the number one lineman, you was projected first round, yeah, you go third. Yeah, so if trouble. you was the yeah. third round projected, <laughs> sure, you on the back end.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So, okay.
1: You know what I'm saying? So you know that day um, was at a homie house at a cookout. First round started. Um, I let my homie use my car to go see a young lady. You know what I'm saying? And I'm over there chilling. And I'm like, man, you know, first round going. I'm getting nervous. I'm like, man, you know, take me home. Young lady take me home. I'm sitting in the driveway. I said, look, man, I need to go in the house. You know what I'm saying? I need to be around my family. I need mm-hmm. to feel some love. Walk in the house, Carolina Panthers on the clock. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, my daddy at the table um, doing numbers, working on his lottery. My mama walking around the house talking on the phone, just kinda of picking up a little and bit. Is, they, is this day one? Yeah, day one. Okay. it's on the first and second round. And mm-hmm. as they say, it's soft pedaling. My mama's soft pedaling around the house. Next thing you know, I walk in the house, you know, look at my clock, second round, seven oh four come up, I answer the phone. They say, Hey, we the Keller on the you know, we think about taking you off the board. You ready? Oh. I wow. said, Yeah, I've been ready. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And you know, everything took off the history since then.
0: So you go to the Carolina Panthers.
1: When you're getting drafted, and, um, you know, it's just a dope vibe. You know, you finally get to put on the NFL jersey, put on the NFL helmet. You know, you're getting to see what that vibe right. You know, a lot that I learned is just how an organization is ran. The professionalism, mm-hmm. the security, the, you know what I'm saying, you're protected. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't you just can't get here. Not saying that, you know, we didn't get that from Troy University. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that, you know what I'm saying? those great coaches we had there. Um, um, and they played a major factor in a lot of things mm-hmm. that I was doing going forward. But then you start seeing it as a, a, a NFL standpoint, it's completely different. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like once you start getting compensated, once you start getting paid, once you start getting a check, it's almost like, okay, I'm my own LLC. Mm-hmm. And I'm operating up on another LLC. Yeah, for and sure. before you get to that point, you only can see things mm-hmm. from a student point of mm-hmm. view. You're gonna see yeah, things sure. from a student athlete. So, sure. when you take that perspective, now I can look at college. Now I can look at high school completely different. But when you're in the NFL, it's like, okay, it's Sherrod Martin LLC, and and Sherrod Martin, like, okay, this is a business. Mm-hmm. And and I think the NFL has has definitely taught me that.
0: So, did you get drafted as a corner or a safety? Um,
1: they drafted me. They drafted me um, as a corner. Okay. But, you know, that whole time selling myself, hey, I can do both. You know what I'm saying? Getting there, understanding and realizing, like, oh, it's different. Mm-hmm. Playing corn is completely different from safety. The issue is if you're going to move somebody to a new position, you know what I'm saying, you expect somebody to have the patience for you to gain the knowledge sure. and to grow in it. For sure. And they don't. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I think that is bad management. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. if you're gonna draft somebody, and my outlook is if you're gonna draft somebody and you know what they do mm-hmm. and they strong suit, if it don't fit into your scheme, don't then draft. you drafted the wrong player mm-hmm. for that scheme. But mm-hmm. if you draft the player and you draft the player, you let him do what he do, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, then you know you're gonna get the most out of that mm-hmm. player. Now, I'm I told I said it earlier, the more you can do, the better you are. For sure. So if you're gonna add on some of these additional things on to me, mm-hmm. okay, no worries. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can't expect my baby to run before my baby learn how to crawl and walk. Like, yeah. it don't make sense. Yeah. It is a process. As a professional, everything don't die set like that, right? Now, everything is is expected for you to do your job and beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I get it. Now, that don't mean that I'm not working hard. You mm-hmm. see the effort going in. Mm-hmm. You see the watch collar. So, you know, at, at times, you know, you... You just got to lock in and create that balance.
0: So what was that adjustment, though, to you? Like, do you find yourself being stuck at corner, or do they eventually move you to safety?
1: They eventually eventually end up moving me to safety. So what ends up happening is I played my first two preseason games at corner. You know what I'm saying? Different. Third preseason game, I was supposed to play safety, but I had, like, a a knee bruise. But in Mm. practice, when they moved me to safety, Everything looked more natural. I dropped down in the box. I dropped down mm-hmm. in my zone. I get a pick. They like, oh, like, you like what you So it was like, like, like I told a dude, right? My, one of my best guys in my draft class, right? My guy, we was in the same DB room, Captain Muddling. Mm-hmm. He was draft the seventh round. I was drafted the second round, right? Um, the coach at the time, right? He used to get real disrespectful. He used to be like, man, we should have took you in the second round, right? Oh, wow. he, in, in the DB room, but like, I never really was taught the, like, question no, no. or, like, like say something, right? Mm-hmm. I just know on the inside. So.
0: I, I just want to bring that up, though, because a lot of guys don't realize when you're in college, a coach say something to you, like, brush it up or you keep it moving, you don't get caught up in your feelings. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got to the NFL, I was shocked, the communication between players and coaches. And when you said what you just said right then and there, how did you feel the first time that you seen a player – go back at a coach like we're on the same level. we both adults. You're not fitted, blah, blah, I blah. I mean, what, with what? every
1: everybody that we've seen it happen with in the past that never work out good. Every True. time a young athlete got into it with a coach, mm-hmm. he always – I seen a coach tell him, you walk out this field, you'll never play again. True. And not saying what he was fighting for was wrong, mm-hmm. but you just don't have that much say so. Mm-hmm. I cussed the coach out when I was young um, mm-hmm. in basketball, right? We was AAU basketball, and he gave us – you know, this is the first time my parents didn't go with us. They were treating us like we was older. You know, we were cussing all the way up there. Mm-hmm. Well, it came a time in the game, and I missed the layup, and my coach was messing with me. He was like, man, you would have made that layup. You would have broke they back, right? And I'm like, okay. He kept going to it, kept going to it, kept going to it. And I was like.
0: So he kept putting more and more and more the solid The game moves.
1: done went on. We mm-hmm. talked to have a short-term memory. All right, bounce back. Like, what you call it? So he kept going on, kept going on. And, bro, like, I'm at the bottom of the bench. I ain't even said a lot. But I was like, man, fuck you. And he read my lips. He was like, fuck me. Fuck me. And it was, I knew how my mama raised me. Mm-hmm. I knew how I was brought up. That's mm-hmm. why I felt bad. Mm-hmm. That's why I felt got guilty. Because I got know my mama ain't raised me like that. Got you. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was like, bro, you can let that go. It probably different ways I could have went about it. Yeah. But that was my response. So in that moment that I was in the NFL coaching room, mm-hmm. that was my thought process. Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? That that was my thought process of 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 don't cuss him out. Right. Don't don't go there. Right. Composure. We talk composure. They don't catch the first guy. They catch the second guy. Right. At the end of the day, it's going to be his word against mine. So what ends up happening was. All right. Coaches got different kind of coaching strategies. Right. And at all times, you don't know that the angle that they trying to come at you about you True. know what I'm saying and some of them don't have the I'm going to say the intelligence to know what kind of guy they dealing with you True. know what I'm saying so
0: with or, be- or even, the, even the background of be relating to the player as a person okay. sometimes okay too.
1: so boom between that situation when he said that about me and Cap I told my dude I said look I know what I can do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and at the end of the day bro you out there killing it and he was mm-hmm. he's an undersized dude coming out of South Carolina early he doing this thing he was expected to be a high draft pick and then go but like that respect and bond between me and him because mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I know what I can do. Mm-hmm. You do what you do. I ain't hate on him one time. Mm-hmm. I ain't have to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And shoot, mine came my way. So even when I went to say that, he was like, "But you look like a natural out there. I'm like, that's what I played. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. At one point, I'm like, hey, look, that's what I can do. this is what you see me at, I'm a tweener. Mm-hmm. At the same time, just understand, you got tape. It ain't much film on me at corner. corner anyway. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So have the patience. If you're going to move me there. You know what I'm saying? At least give me a full year. You don't give me no training count in uh in uh a, a one off season to get it. Yeah. I just got dropped it. Yeah, that's true. I don't even know what my shoes fit like. My <laughs> shoes borderline line too low. They tight <laughs> on my feet. They I don't even know what my swag like. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was just one of them things that, you know what, just trusting the process. You mm-hmm. asked me something earlier, you're like, what was it? What was it? It's just a trust the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and just grind and enjoy it. I ain't never had to hate on nobody, and I wasn't finna start then. Mm-hmm. So it was time I used to talk to the team chaplain, and I was like, big bump. He tried me. You know what, gotcha. what I'm saying? And then I had a guy that tell me this. He was like, bro, at the end of the day, it's almost like the wheezy thing. Women lie, uh, Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Mm-hmm. It came a time I got my first time To start as a rookie I had um, Three pits I had Three pits in three games
0: That's what's He up. said
1: look He can be at the table He can talk bad about you All he want Everybody else at the table Gonna look at him Like I'm crazy Cause you mm-hmm. got the stats So at the end of the day It's like this A coach can't hate on me All they want mm-hmm. Long as I'm putting up The numbers mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying Shoot The numbers what matter It don't matter His personal preference Or I'd rather have this athlete I'd rather Mm -hmm. have that If I'm putting up the numbers He can't hate on me Mm -hmm. If I'm putting up the numbers I'm going to have a coaching job Mm -hmm. It just might not be with him Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying And I ain't have to attack him In the moment Or like whatever But you know It was It was something there And it came a time He went to another team I'm at midfield I'm like well I'm going to Like, (laughs) him My coach You know what I'm saying And then he was like like I was I was I did come off a bad year that time that I seen him and he was like, Hey man, keep doing your thing, you're gonna be all right and it shocked me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and you know, and it's I didn't really know how to take it, mm. you know, and it was just like uh, like those years went by. And at the end of the day it's like this. What I realize is the reason why you don't wanna burn bridges cause you just never know True. what comes back around. True. Cause usually, you know what I'm saying, somebody else have to vouch for you and something. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to cuss him out. I mm-hmm. didn't have to attack him. I didn't mm-hmm. have to, I could have let him do what he did. Long as I got the stacks, it come a time it's somebody like, look, we can use this guy. He mm-hmm. got these kind of stacks. He mm-hmm. got the experience. Mm-hmm. And then it versus you know and sometimes they gonna go with what they want cause that's yeah. their personal preference, but it has nothing to do with me for sure. You and know what I'm And I tell
0: guys all the time because that's a great, great thing that you're sharing because in today's world, so many players get so emotional, they get so caught up in the moment and they respond to that standpoint. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but you remember the year we beat Mississippi State, big mm-hmm. game. Man, I had a great week of practice that week. Then I played one down that game, mm-hmm. one of the biggest wins probably in Troy history. That standpoint. Fast. So I go back to my room, I'm hot. I'm like, man, bus ride back. I didn't play at all. Yeah, we won this big game, this big. Mm-hmm. I said, man, next time I see coach, well, I, I'm going to cuss him out. I'm going yeah. to go off on told him. against my character. what I said, man, he got to feel of this because I worked my butt up. I know I'm better than the guy who started me, things that matter. Right. And I tell people all the time, man, I was in my room hot. Mm-hmm. I was in Dill Hall, hot, like pissed. And I never forget, God told me, don't you say nothing. Don't you say nothing. And I was like, man, I ain't got time to hear from you. He's going to hear from me. Yeah, i never forget walking into the field house. Coach runs up to me. Sherrod, true star, runs up to me and says, hey, man, I haven't slept the whole night. I just want you to know I apologize for you not playing. You should have started. You should have played more. You know, you're one of our best young linemen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there paused and shocked. Mm-hmm. That this is the encounter that he's had with me. So that's a marriage I would have went on my one accord and mm-hmm. just going at him. It could have been a whole different story. Fact. So I just want to share both of our stories with that for a lot of guys out there who are listening, man. Well,
1: th- this is the other thing about that, though. This the flip side. We always speak from a standpoint of when somebody's balling. Mm-hmm. We always speak from a standpoint when somebody playing good. Well, I had a moment when I wasn't playing good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I had a moment where, you know what I'm saying, I had to own up to the mistakes that I was making on mm-hmm. the field. Even if I hated going in film and seeing myself on tape. (laughs) But I had to own up to it. And the thing about it was, right, you put in so much effort. You put in so much work that you want the results that comes with that. Mm-hmm. But it's not a guarantee that you're going to play good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could have your worst game mm-hmm. ever. At the end of the day, you got to be able to, have to construct the criticism. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to self-check yourself. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if somebody's saying something bad about me, and I'm playing bad, mm-hmm. I can't do nothing but own it. Mm-hmm. Go back in the lab and get to mm-hmm. it. Now, I did have another situation with another coach, and it got to the point where I was playing bad and at the end of the day and it was
0: in the pros or it was
1: just, this was in the pros and mm-hmm. at the end of the day I had to own it so at that moment you're right I'm playing the worst football that mm-hmm. I ever played even in the Pee Wee League mm-hmm. football, even since Pee Wee League right but at the same time though what I did stand up for myself was um, it was it became a moment and it was a moment we was in team meeting and he was speaking to everybody and I wasn't looking at him but I was listening mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying now I'm getting into this stage of of right like like, some athletes won't work out, but they still be good, True. right? Some athletes, True. like, and, and each thing is for them, mm-hmm. right? You say that if you're the good guy, if you do this, you do this, everything works out. That's not always the case. Just like they say, if you're the bad guy, okay, well, is everything so bad for the bad guy, why do sometimes it works out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you never know how somebody's situation going to go, and mm-hmm. that situation is catered to them. only mm-hmm. thing you can do is take things and use to the best knowledge because mm-hmm. some people – I might not get as many chances as you get mm-hmm. if I do the same thing For that sure. you do, right? So, it came a time that the coach came, and um, I wasn't playing good. And, you know what I'm saying, I can own it. And at the end of the day, he was talking to us in team meeting, and he's talking. And I'm not looking at him, but I'm listening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, boom, boom, boom. So, you know, um, he pulled me to the side. He was like, um, no, I approached him first. I was like, well, you talking to me when you talking about um, players not looking at you. Or something like when you're talking, to da, da, da. He was like, oh, did you feel like you was one of them players? I was like, yeah, I was. I was like, I wasn't mm-hmm. looking at you, but I was listening. I can mm-hmm. tell you everything that you said, whatever, like, what, what, right? So then um, um, he ended up bringing up something, and he was like, what you doing in your spare time? And I'm like, I was like this. I was like, look, at the end of the day, I ain't going to let you question my work ethic because I know I work hard. Now, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not getting the results mm-hmm. from my extra effort that I'm putting in, extra things that I'm doing on the field, extra like what you call it, like, okay, boom. But my work ethic, say I ain't good. Say you ain't cutting. Say <laughs> you gonna cut me and give me an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, that's what it is. That's the result of, of it's based off um, production. Mm-hmm. If you ain't producing, you gonna be gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Say is that. But what I didn't want to let him do is question my work ethic because, in that sense I know I was putting my all into it I just wasn't getting a result so just cause sometimes like okay you work hard and you think you're gonna get to go to the Mm -hmm. league and stuff like that look sometimes it's God timing. just Mm -hmm. cause you putting the effort in Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying that don't mean like it just pans out some mm-hmm. people do nothing, and they graduate, mm-hmm. and they, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, on their Ball. So mm-hmm. it was just something that we always speak on when guys ain't getting playing time, and they playing good, and they're the mm-hmm. best one. But sometimes when you ain't playing good, when you ain't catching all the balls, when you're missing tackles, you know what I'm saying? You got to be able to own that with you. And I think one thing
0: <laughs> great about the conversation that we're having about this standpoint is that, again, a lot of guys get caught in their feelings, and then they don't look within themselves. But also I think a lot of times guys don't look at life is all about seasons and time periods too. You know, you may be going through something – Right now, and maybe 10, 15 years down the line, you're kind that same thing, but you're able to overcome it because you've been through it in that standpoint in life. No
1: facts, so I always facts. encourage
0: people, man, when you go through those scenarios, you need to look at yourself and see, dang, am I really am I really not putting the time in? Am I really not what they saying I am or what? really I am what they saying I
1: yeah. am? Or sometimes you just ain't cutting it. Yeah. Either you getting it done or yeah. you ain't yeah.
0: cutting it. So vice versa, you got to realize, like, man, how can this moment right now Help me five, ten years down the line because we don't really think that much. So a lot of times when we hear these kind of stories about athletes that are getting caught up in their feelings, as I say, or get caught up in their emotions at the standpoint of what's going on, man, you're going to still have these issues throughout life. Even when you walk away from football, you're still going to have those encounters where things are not going to go your way, things people are going to be coming at you and things that matter, but it's all about how you respond. And I think the number one thing that, that I think that you said, that you didn't say and direct these words, is all about how you respond to yourself. And how you think about yourself in that moment. Because a lot of times we allow what people say to dictate how we feel about ourselves. Without having to come to this and knowing, like you said, man, I've been putting the time in. I've been putting the time in. So you can't sit up and try to attack my character when it comes to my work. After.
1: Man, look, everything my mama want for me is external. Until I <laughs> internally want it for myself, I ain't going to get it. True. You know what I'm saying? True. So.
0: True. so that's very interesting. So you find yourself at Carolina Panthers. Where you find yourself after that?
1: Uh, tore my ACL contract. Um, missed the full season. Um, get an opportunity to sign with Jacksonville, 2014 and 15, um, Chicago Chicago Bears.
0: Okay, so injuries still, 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 still coming at you still. So, again, how you responded to that on that level when you get an injury? Because, in high, again, high school, then you have college, you have injury. Now you find yourself in the pros with injuries. So, again, I'm going to ask about that mental standpoint. What um, do you think? Because I know you said in the past. This, no. mental,
1: this mental, I was checked out. This mental was tough. The reason why, I tore my MCL and I tore my ACL. The same recovery that you do for ACL, I had to do for MCL. Mm. So my MCL, um, I had to keep it straight for a month. Dang. And then I had to get my range of motion to be able to have surgery. And then what's called? This was the first time I hit a wall. Okay. When you hit a wall in playing sports, like you flustered. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember one time man, the trainer got into it and he was like i was sitting on a bike and i had to be able to just go in a full motion to get a range of motion mm-hmm. and he was like you know you know how sometimes somebody put in a position just to motivate but i did not want to hear that shit that day and he was like you know he was like look um uh, he was like you got to have heart you gotta have heart. I'm like, man, mm. fuck that. I'm tired of having heart. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> like, like I'm tired of having heart. Knowing mm-hmm. that in March, my contract gonna expire. And if I get on this campus again, it's that's trespassing. Like, oh, I'm not wow. even gonna be here. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm 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 on my own. And like I'm still on a contract and I'm coming in, and I still get with the be with the team. Like, nah, I'm going in civilian mode. So, but he said one of the realest things. He said, until you keep your butt down and you get your range of motion, you know what I'm saying, you can't have surgery. And if you don't have surgery, you can't get back on the field. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, that was the last time I talked to him, like, for real, for real, because one of the other trainers, that was more my guy. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? That was more my my hands-on person. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you end up gravitating to people, like, what you call it, but... (laughs) Um, um, you know, I just had to lock in, man, and and, and you know, taking that moment, you know, once again you land on your back. I was moving fast, life just slowed down and you know what I'm saying, it is when you on your back and you can't move, you got a lot of time to think. And you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and it just it just slowed things down for me mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't know if I was gonna play ball again. I ain't know nothing and it kinda got me back in that that, okay, so so you know, what's next? Was what you call it You know what I'm saying I'm not going to be here I should have kept that condo up there You know It would be worth a lot now <laughs> I was like I'm going to Atlanta That's where most of my plugs at Most of my connections mm-hmm. I was like I just got to get away from here Like mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying like, it So just,
0: Jacksonville was a real Real hard time for you
1: Well I came to Atlanta Because I missed the full year
0: oh. And then
1: At the tail end of that I was doing workouts Doing workouts Ain't nobody going to sound You hurt Right I was having a knee brace It felt like I was dragging A baby on my leg and I was just I was times I was doing two workouts a week and I was getting the same thing, same thing. And I was like, man, I wasn't keeping no gear. You know, usually people get your gear. Mm-hmm. You be hanging on to it. Psh, I ain't keeping no gear from the workout. I'm mm-hmm. God doing. Mm-hmm. Right, but and then, you know, I, I had a conversation towards the end of that year. It's like, look, you can sign with the Bears right now or you can sign with Jacksonville on the future deal. The Bears had two games left in the season that had an opportunity to make the playoffs. Um, Jacksonville, at the time, was giving me, like, it seemed like a better deal, you know what I'm saying, which ended up kind of reflecting the same. And I just, you know, based on that, what I had, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the Jacksonville situation. Hmm. And, you know, so signed. And then I I went early. I went back early because – you know, it's hard to, for people to get to know you when there's 90 guys in there at the same for sure. time. So for sure. So it's that what, short amount of time, still too. still in that offseason, shoot, I went there. So they seen my work ethic. They seen me around the building. Got in real good with a strength coach, Milo. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> Milo, like, you know, and, he, and this where it comes from with connections. This is where it comes from relationship, your blueprint. You know what I'm saying? Your personality, who you are, people getting to know you. Because I had a guy that was trying to get the internship. And and I reached out to Malo, And you know I didn't know if he was Going to get it He didn't get it But the fact that Malo Was like you know what I take a look at it Just mm-hmm. on the strength of Like if you speaking On his behalf I'm on speaking on his behalf I know he a one As a person For sure And that's And that's kind of like You know one of the biggest thing Right Why you don't curse people out Why you don't Disrespect people When they in certain um, Certain areas Or they job tight At the time You be trying to impress people That sometimes Don't even matter In a few years Because Where I was in the position in 2015 in Chicago, and that guy that's just holding the clipboard, man, he the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The player director that was in Chicago, he's assistant GM of the um of the um uh, Las Vegas Raiders right now. Wow. My college roommate, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Derek Angley. Mm-hmm. He the defensive coordinators of the Chargers right mm-hmm. now. And you not knowing what their relationship like, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of person, my character. I ain't talking about Kiss tail. Mm-hmm. Just be you. i it yeah. so people know like who they, you know what I'm saying, dealing with and stuff.
0: And I think more than anything, I think. Again, relationships are very important. I think we overlook that in today's world because mm-hmm. a lot of times people get so caught up in themselves that they don't realize, hey, man, you never know that long term of how those things may go. So relationships are very important. I just want to remind everybody out there because in a lot of times in our world, we think like, man, this dude may be here tomorrow. He may be gone you know, whatever, I ain't gotta worry about this it. thing that matter. But people remember you based off of your relationship with them.
1: Hey man, they and, say the time, man, the dude that you bullying might be the dude you need a job <laughs> for one day. You better be careful how you treat people. Or well, understand the energy you put out, you're gonna get
0: back. Yeah, for sure. So that's very interesting that you said that that all those people that at one point you you came across are now in bigger places and different things. And and I think a lot of times we don't realize too, man, that people really genuinely honor relationships that are real mm-hmm. and those that are not fake also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we think about that too A lot of times relationships have to be genuine and not fake
1: and, and I will say this Look, if you got a lot going on right now Nobody's perfect Because at the end of the day Sometimes it's good for people to see your growth mm-hmm. Sometimes those people be like You know what, but back then you was on that foolishness mm-hmm. But I've not seen enough of you right now That mm-hmm. I know that you're not that same person mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying That you've you not know, matured mm-hmm. into a better version of yourself And still can take you a long way
0: Hey, so you find yourself in the NFL, you find yourself at the end of point. When did you really get a realization like, man, I think my time really fit to run out? When did that really start coming across your mind, though?
1: Um, When I tore my ACL and I wasn't on contract and not knowing if I was going to get signed again, during that time I was basically training, trying to get healthy. Um, you know, it was just like, you know, I ain't a guarantee that I'm going to get to play again. So that just kind of got me thinking, got the ball rolling. Um, my now wife. Um, I met uh, when we was friends. Um, she had a lot of big influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she is a very ambitious woman. Um, it's Lashonda Martin. Um, she be grinding. You know what I'm saying? I see. Her, I seen her build a a um, fitness line from scratch, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same old thing, right? They say the people you kind of like mm-hmm. surround yourself with, et cetera, you know what I'm saying, kind of can rub off on you and mm-hmm. kind of have some influence. And she definitely had influence, so it just got my ball rolling. Like, dang, like, okay, if I don't play ball again, what am I going to do?
0: So you say you find yourself there and you say your girlfriend at the time began to influence you. What are some ways she influenced you and began to thinking about that after career aspect of when football is over with?
1: um i mean i don't even think it was like football was over with i think like that's with that time that i realized like all, right, all the older vets like if they're eight years plus they start doing these things on the side preparing for other moments right so basically mm-hmm. you find yourself being a student athlete again you find yourself um creating balance Right, you find yourself like, okay, I'm playing ball, but in these times, let me get these certifications and all these things Mm -hmm. to where when guys retire from football and they get a job right away. Most people don't see the work they put in because back in the day you couldn't show it.
0: Yeah, you for couldn't sure.
1: show like, oh, I'm putting this extra work in. I'm doing the broadcasting, the boot camp, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. You just think, oh, you just go straight to TV because you're a good athlete. Yeah. Like, nah, these dudes be putting in work. Mm-hmm. They just didn't show it. They just didn't let anybody know. But they was getting their creden- credentials up. So that was something that I just realized at that standpoint. Even though I wasn't near eight years and I wasn't. Um, um, like around that long, it still hit me like, all right, this is the time in my career that I need to create balance. Mm. I can still enjoy myself in the off-season, but I need to probably get in barber school and start getting some hours towards my barber license and stuff like that. So you find yourself as a student athlete in high school, student athlete in college, and the ones that really, really maximize, mm-hmm. they find a way to balance again.
0: So you find yourself in barber school. Tell me how that experience was being a NFL guy. And you're in barber school with just everyday people. How did that? How did that go about? How did that? Well, make you feel?
1: for one, you know, I, I came in with a mindset like I ain't got that kind of time like everybody else got. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't like really like I ain't have time to jack off. So mm-hmm. I knew like coming in like I need to be locked in. I need to be laser focused. Like mm-hmm. I need to get this. And that's how I came in. Didn't nobody know I played ball. Oh cool uh, While I was so in school So you just a
0: typical Normal dude Man I'm, I'm
1: locked in I'm just I'm, in my, I'm trying to do the book work So I can get on the floor mm-hmm. I need to get on the floor And get these cuts You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. So I can basically graduate You know And And you know That was cool And then But there came a time I talked to the person At the school I was like look If I do come in If I do um, start If I get an opportunity To continue to go play ball mm-hmm. With my time Like mm-hmm. stop And be able to pick Right back mm-hmm. up When I'm done And he was like Yeah so that was like perfect
0: so you've seen yourself How did you get the vision For where we at today? Like how did that all come together? Because hey You cut my hair When we was in college And mm-hmm. things that matter You always cut hair On the side of things that matter And we didn't even go To that fact though Who's the first person To put the clippers in your hand To put that mindset To you that you can be a barber Even when you wasn't a officially licensed barber
1: Dudes in the neighborhood Okay Dudes in the neighborhood mm-hmm. Like around my age Was cutting One homeboy He was cutting people Then another one got it And I used to do art Growing up So it kind of grew on to me Then um um I got into this stage and this thing of it's like oh man a lot of people still think about like what they want to do, right? I had a business degree, I had a degree, but you don't intern, I had no work experience. So therefore, like who's gonna give me a job? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been playing football all my life. So it got to the point I'm like, all right, look, whatever I'm gonna get into everything that i enjoy even to this day when you look at me um if i host a manning tournament if i'm doing anything with barber all this stuff been a part of me mm-hmm. ever since my childhood so mm-hmm. i've just been trying to maximize things I, that i enjoy mm-hmm. right i don't draw like i used to but hair became my art mm-hmm. i used to love to play video games i had kids i started paying bills i started <laughs> like what's color but then that was a part of me that i'm like dang like like, I remember the old commercial to a Russ kid. I don't want to grow up, right? Yeah. And I'm, I I want to be a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was missing that part of me. So I started, like, you know, finding a way, like, okay, boom, right? I want to be able to prioritize mm-hmm. and take care of my business. But mm-hmm. at the same time, in some spare time, I want to be able to get some gaming in. So I just find ways to do things that I enjoy within the balance of what I already had going on. Then I find out of ways on how to monetize it.
0: So how did you begin to get the vision, though, for your shop, though? Like the whole vision, the whole mindset, how you I wanted think, things to look and put it all into one of being who you are, but also having a shop that reflects who you are also.
1: I think once I got into the process, once I got in the process of I researched, I, I cut out magazines. I, mm-hmm. I did all these things, what I would look like. The magazine that I cut out, it would have looked like <laughs> now completely different, <laughs> but it was fun. And once again, like, right, the company you keep. You know what I'm saying My wife She she helped me I seen her doing mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying I don't think at the end of the day I'm a big vision board per- person mm-hmm. But at the end of the day It's different for everybody mm-hmm. Right I knew I wanted to have a shop the same thing that's going on now that I want to do six years ago I was in my basement talking about it mm-hmm. I'm still dreaming as if I still want to mm-hmm. make it to the NFL I still got goals I still mm-hmm. ain't got ambition so therefore like it was still driving so it, the sense of feeling like I haven't arrived mm-hmm. gives you that push through to just you know you just want to figure things out and then you find your way you find yourself in a way that people say it has to be this way mm-hmm. and then until you you might test the theory and you be like well it can work this way mm-hmm. too like it's more than one way to skin a cat so a lot of this stuff I do is Hopefully it comes off Authentic Because it's mm-hmm. just A reflection mm-hmm. of who I am mm-hmm. And I ain't faking it So
0: So that makes real common sense Because like I say When you come into the shop Like I've been here today You see the, the family vibe You see the personalities You see the different conversations That are happening In the places We've been here today in, so. a sh-
1: in a short period of time In yeah, a short period in of time peri- And people that even Know of you Come in contact with you And could have just been During the time That they were here mm-hmm. And it's and it's just, you know, it just you just hit it off.
0: So it's cool because I always ask that question, you know, when you think about the aspect of the vision standpoint, you know, of us seeing the shop now and you having that vision of where it's at, do you see yourself going beyond this or this right here is just where you want to be? Or what's your long-term vision of what you're doing right now when it comes to the shop?
1: Um, I'm the kind of person that right now in my life I want to maximize what I got. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um,
0: Which is always big because you don't never become, you know, what they call it, um not maximizing your potential, you're just going through the motions with fact, everything. Fact. You don't wanna to go to a point where you're going beyond what you can do.
1: You know what I'm saying? So I just wanna I just wanna maximize what it is. Now, at the end of the day I can have a vision and you know what's for me going to be 10 times more than that. You know what I'm saying? going to be something that I can't even imagine. You know what I'm saying? I just got to trust the process. Mm-hmm. It comes back to the thing, enjoying what you do. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's hard work. Everything mm-hmm. is hard work at the end of the day. But when you enjoy it, when the days get hard, that helps you push mm-hmm. through. You, then versus when you hate it. And then it gets hard that you like, oh man, bump this. Mm-hmm. But when you enjoy it, and you realize at times it's still going to get tough and hard just as you, like, you hate it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the, the things that you don't want to do, you got to do to be able to get there and push yourself through different limitations and things, challenge yourself. And as long as you continue to dream and have goals and, and, you know, have a vision for yourself, I think I think it can work.
0: So when you think about being an entrepreneur in the in the barbering world and the grooming world <laughs> and things that matter, what has been one of the most rewarding things for you when it comes to being an entrepreneur but also being in this setting when it comes to hiring people things that matter what are some things that you have learned through this process that have really changed people's lives
1: um i think at the end of the day being true to who i am i mentioned earlier the energy you put out is the energy you get back Mm -hmm. right i'm i'm at the end of the day i don't feel like i'm faking who i am i think you know what I'm saying? The person you see on social media is the person that you kinda get when you come in, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't give you everything, but what yeah. I can give you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You um you like okay, everything's add up mm-hmm. and it's comfort. Um, I, I think that I think, you know, that authenticness, it can't be implicated. Mm-hmm. Right. At the end of the day, it's a it's a tribe out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think like it's been a great it been a great situation that basically I have a I have a, I have a um uh, instructor in college, Miss Reed. She said, um, "Eagles fly high." You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying it's basically a great energy mm-hmm. gravitate towards each other. And I think yeah. that's just what been happening. From people, you know, I don't have to be a a-hole. I think for some people you end up working being mm-hmm. here, and then for some it don't like you know they got to find their environment, etc. And then sometimes when people leave, it ain't like it's a bad thing. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. I had people leave and went on and. And, and open up their own places, mm-hmm. open up their own barbershop, did their own suite. And that made me feel just as good, right? Because yeah, at, at the end of the day, I mean, it took a collective effort to make this atmosphere is atmosphere. It ain't no one person thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's
0: thing we want to talk about today with Sherrod Martin. Okay. Hey, man, explain the, the thing about being an athlete, going for being an athlete, playing pro ball,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But explain to people, man, how being a father has most of all been a husband first
1: mm-hmm. and
0: being a father has dramatically changed your life
1: how did it dramatically change my because you didn't think about
0: it you you played college ball you played pro ball okay but both of us know by being a part of families and being part of you know being husbands and having children things that matter which one would you say has really changed you as a person more football or being a husband and being a
1: father I'm gonna put it this way. Um, I don't put more time in with football. Okay. I have been an athlete longer than I have been a husband and a father. Mm, Okay. Um, um, At the same time, um, see, I've been battling this thing in my life that people be talking about like growth and change. True. Change is, you know, usually when, like, you knew me when I was younger. Right? You knew me when I first came into college True, And the guy that you know now Like you can say I changed But deep down you'll more likely probably say I grow mm-hmm. I, I, I done had some growth in my eyes Because change is a completely Person that you don't even recognize Very true I don't feel like um, um, As a husband or a father I completely changed Who I am I mm-hmm. would say because I like who I am mm-hmm. Not saying that I'm where I want to be But when I look into the mirror, it's not like, you know, like I don't like you Mm -hmm. and I want to change you. Mm -hmm. I like you, but I just want to enhance you. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to build on you. Mm -hmm. Um, I always wanted to be a daddy. Um, Why? um, um, I I, I always, I just always want to be a father. Because you already know in
0: our world about being athletes, especially playing pro ball daddies are not looked upon as being great examples of manhood you know just from the world we are from being I mean, athletes though, but,
1: at the, but, at the, but for you
0: to say you always want to be a dad that's a blessing though that's a cool thing to hear because you don't really hear that from a lot of people in our profession though when you think about you know how there's been in locker rooms and been around yeah guys yeah and, but
1: i mean though, no, it's it's okay i was raised by a village so true, true. i wasn't placed in a situation where the pressure was all up on one person for me to be the person that i need to be it took a combination of people mm-hmm. um, to lay hands on me. It took a combination mm-hmm. of people because, sure, I love my father. Mm-hmm. But I can't sit here and say every strong suit is my daddy lane. True. So, therefore, wherever my daddy lacked that, I was able to probably get from an uncle. I was able to get from a mm-hmm. coach. I was able to get from a teacher. Mm-hmm. It was a, probably somebody that I was able to look up to to get mm-hmm. me something in somewhere that I was weak mm-hmm. and wasn't getting. So, I mean... So, I don't feel the pressure of being a dad as if I okay. need to be this great role role model. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the same time, I want to make sure that, you know, what I was able to get from my father, I greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And at times, I definitely feel like it saved my life. Mm-hmm. So, as a father figure, I want to make sure that I'm able to give my kids something that they can um, take with them and prep and prep them for life that mm-hmm. when it comes to those moments you know what my daddy shared stories with me my dad talked to me my daddy mm-hmm. gave me some game on this that they can make a phone that they can make a sound decision on mm-hmm. and if they don't get it and they make a mistake i want to be there for them mm-hmm. i want i want to be there like i told you so mm-hmm. i want to be there to really pick them up i want to get mm-hmm. them um a place to where they can come to and, and I don't have to just be in the head like you just don't get it, right? You can come here and you can recover and it ain't mm-hmm. going to be thrown in your face each time. I realize at times in life, it seems like some people were, are able to only love to the extent that they was loved. And that's that the extent that I was loved. So I'm able to, I feel like, put that in my kids. True. What was given to me.
0: Because they very important because as we go into fatherhood, like I said, Out of all my years of growing up, I can probably remember not one time my daddy telling me he was proud of me, that he loved me. Mm -hmm. Now to everybody else now, he would tell the world how proud he was and Mm -hmm. things of that matter. So I think in the very similarity we're saying about our parents, our dads only loved based on the capacity that they knew how to love. But we knew that they loved us. But one thing I have learned even now being an adult, I always tell my boys I love them.
1: Every single day now Because
0: right. I know that aspect of growing up Not never hearing that at all mm-hmm. So I guess I'm hearing the same thing from you Is that we have learned to understand That people can love on to capacity But we have to go beyond that When it comes to having our own children Being in different relationships Things that matter That we have to be in that mindset too That hey, we have to do better Because we know better
1: Is that hey. what you're saying? And because at the end of the day what, what, what other people lack, right? I can't hold it against them, right? Mm-hmm. We're able to recognize something And we like, we want to do different Mm-hmm. So when it came to my kids, I remember one time I was an adult when my father told me he loved me. But I also remember when I was an adult when I put emphasis on like I love you, he was like, "Boy, go play with me." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what's crazy <laughs> though, like like some of those I say things that my daddy like face right, and like now um, you see things come full circle. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You able to have a tough conversation with like mm-hmm. it's some stuff that you know that I probably seen that he like, "Name hey, man, I hate you seeing that." Mm-hmm. But I'm able to see things come around full circle, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, that right there what you was battling, you on top of that now. True. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's awesome to me. Every time I tell him I love him now, he ain't hesitating. True. But one thing he has taught me, though, is, you know, I bring my kids over. You know what I'm saying? My daddy still don't travel much. They mm-hmm. travel that that game. he don't travel much now. And I bring the boys there. And I'm like, boy, that's your granddaddy tell him you love him. Mm-hmm. He be like, no, no, man. No, but you like telling you loving it. He, my daddy told me. He said, "Man, the world gonna be trying to force you as it is." Mm-hmm. He said, "Do not force your kids to love." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, good, good like you know what I'm saying? And it was kind of one of them things. It's like you know, sometimes you know people get energy from people. Mm-hmm. If they get a good energy, they rock with you. Mm-hmm. If they energy, they got this intuition in them mm-hmm. that mm, I don't want to speak It's something about you. Mm-hmm. Then I got a lot of them to trust that. And when they're ready to speak And when they're ready to tell you they love you Then when they're ready to watch God i let them come into their own.
0: Cool So that's interesting you understand You're saying you're going to let your children Grow into being who they are And being free and things of that matter So that's pretty cool When you think about your life though Give me 10 years from now Where you see yourself at Where you see yourself doing 10, ten
1: years from now 10
0: years from now Where does Sherrod Martin see himself doing What does he see himself from a vision standpoint A long term standpoint
1: mm. 10 years from now um, That means I'll be back Forty nine, I be about to turn 49 10 years from now. I think that looks dope. I think forty nine can look dope. I think, I think I got this thing in me that gray hair don't bother me. I wanted to come in, get old don't bother me. But it's all about you. you how said you, you said
0: that after you start get old. I got over. a
1: couple, but I wanted to come in. But it's all about like to me like how you carry yourself, mm-hmm. right? An old man to me no mean. You gotta wear open toe shoes sandals. You got to wear the, the linen suits at the grill. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You can do it your own way, mm-hmm. right? I'm confident in, like, looking my age and doing what I want to do mm-hmm. and not that I'm trying to keep up with the young man game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's it, it just a little different. So from an age while, I think it looks dope. That means my kids will be 10 years old. That means I have a 17-year-old, oh, I have wow. a 14-year-old, and a 13-year-old. That mean, we're getting in the prime of business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah. that's why I want you really to get on the entrepreneurial standpoint. Where do you see yourself done 10 years now from an entrepreneurial I mean, standpoint? I
1: mean, I, I want things ran. I want things to be, to be set in order because in those stages, you know what I'm saying, like, I want to have my thumbprint on my kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want them to know... Like, like, yeah, I had my hand on them mm-hmm. And I continued to shape and mold mm-hmm. them And 17, 14, and 13 is just as precious as yeah. You know what I'm saying? 7, 4, That's and 3 a whole three. lot of world 7, 4, and 3 So, um, um, like I say, man, I want to be there for them I want to be, be that it factor mm-hmm. for them I, I ain't going to have everything figured out You know what I'm saying? And they ain't going to have everything figured out I just don't want them to step in the same wet spot That I slipped in And mm-hmm. if I can do that, I think it'll be a win
0: so when you think about it, though, and a lot of things you're doing from, you know, a lot of sponsorship, things that matter. What do you see yourself doing long term to bring that more attention to that from the aspect of sponsorships, getting deals, things that matter? How can you take what you're doing now to a whole nother level?
1: Um, it multiplies. It trickles down into the kids. Right now, I'm not in college, but I'm following along the same line of name, image and likeness. Right. Dion. i able to. Dion is the older guy that's walking in main image and likeness, True. and he able to show the blueprint, not only talking but mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. for his youth, for his kids, mm-hmm. for his 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 players. Mm-hmm. This what it looks like. Okay. This how you carry yourself. This how you make it work. Your name is a brand. Mm-hmm. That's your first business. True. And I want to be able to replicate what I'm doing, showing my kid. Now I don't have to be no barber. Now I have to work. With you. Um um you know razors or whatever that works for me, but allowing them to find their own lane and maneuver their way through it,
0: okay, so last question I got for you before we get out the podcast today what is some wisdom you got for that undersized guy there who really think that you know he's not that talented you know he's not the best player on the team he's may not even be the best guy in the class who can draw a stick figure mm. what what words of encouragement you got for that? That boy out there right now. Or even that girl or anybody who's in that position right now where they feel like they're underdog.
1: Facts. Um, Number one, I'm going to say, you know, in no certain order, but number one, effort, right? You can't Mm -hmm. coach effort, right? Effort ain't got nothing to do with how big or small you are. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, Get in the habit of putting your all into it. You know what I'm saying? Leave it all out there. If you get in the habit of leaving it all out there in the field, I think it'll be a domino effect in the other things that you do in your life you mm-hmm. create a habit for yourself or of leaving it all out there um man effort leaving all out there i'll follow up on the boat man just doing the best you can true your best is good enough mm-hmm. they say if you measure yourself up against someone else you allow them to be the standard true. so you know what I'm saying? Um, now, it has been time that I learned some things from some people, especially while I was weak at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You copy one person, they say you're a copycat. You copy multiple, <laughs> they say you're original. <laughs> Look, be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. Know your strength. Know your weakness. And fall in love with the process. Trust the process. Believe in yourself. And i say anything that's possible outside of that.
0: Cool, man. Thank you for being on the podcast, man. Hey,
1: man, I appreciate you having me,
0: man. I just want to say I'm proud of you, man, all the great things you've done. Thank you for being who you are. Uh, Thank you for uh, not stepping outside of your binders or trying to be something that you're not.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, And I always appreciate it about you, man, that I even begin to think about this this morning. I said, one thing that I always will remember about Sherrod, no matter what, is that I was about to use another word, but it's smile. <laughs> hey, I was about to use another word, but I got to realize It's going got to be though. all over the place. I can't use that word because I know people That use that word against me one day. But uh, one thing I always remember about Sharad, man, is his smile. Man, he hey, always man. has that smile. He always had that smile on his face, even when you walked up to him in the first time. I said, I said, dude, what this dude smiling at me for, man? <laughs> Before I even got to duty dude, he was. But that has always been who you are. So thank you for always being who you are, man. Thank you for allowing me into this space of yours that you created. That is so unique and so dope uh that you know we have an opportunity to come in and see how you really impacted people's lives thank you for being a great father uh more than anything thank you for being a model for a lot of guys who are coming up behind you and also for being there in the process of it and a lot of more things i see you doing beyond this and things that matter so i always know man i love you i'm proud of you and you know to just the beginning what all the great things you're gonna do
1: Ooh, well man look man um i appreciate it um you was definitely one of my OGs when I came in the school, um, upperclassmen that took me up on your wings. And you always spoke life into me. And I don't know, like the, like the teachers say, eagles fly high. So you always spoke life into me. You spoke life into me like, oh, man, I cut your hair in college. You're going to be some one day, you know what I'm saying? i let you cut my hair, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, everything just continued to grow, man. I will say this, man, as much as people, you lies, you think that I impacted, I tell you what, man, they have impacted me at Mm -hmm. times more than they think, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, I have of them. And this has been... It has been greatly appreciated and beneficial, both ways. So I appreciate you. You know cool. what I'm saying? I appreciate you. I know you ain't going to have anybody on here. And you know what I'm saying? You know, if, if Henry rocking with you, you know what I'm saying? There's definitely in a positive light. He ain't going to uh, attach his name to no BS. So I appreciate you putting that certified stamp
0: Cool, on. man. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. Always remember, man, subscribe. Uh, post, like, share this podcast. You know, it's really inspired you to really do some of your life. Also be understanding we're fine on all platforms and things that matter. So see you guys next time at 4116 West Somali podcast, man. Y'all have a good day.